coming to you from Michigan, USA, and listened to by people all over the planet. Get ready to be safe and sound with Sean Sparkman. Sparkman. Never take your eyes off your opponent, even when you bow. This is the Safe and Sound Podcast. My name is Sean Sparkman, your host. I am really excited this morning to be bringing you somebody from the great state of Texas, Mr. Roy Snar. Roy, if you could, just tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me on. So my name is Roy Snar. I'm the owner of Star Financial Insurance Services based here in beautiful Austin, Texas. And what we focus on here is safe money strategies and asset protection. Wow. Well, that is a really great topic. Obviously, I'm in a similar industry as you, which is one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on. Uh, You know, you've been mentoring me in the social security teaching workshops to help people get a better understanding of not only how social security works, but, you know, various retirement topics. But before we jump into a little bit about insurance, can you tell us a little bit about how you got your start in the insurance industry? Yeah, absolutely. So it all started back when I was about 14 years old. My mother became disabled. She was sideswiped by a driver, which led to a degenerative gift disease. And the only source of money we had as a family was a social security disability income check. And at 14 years old, I really had no idea what that was. I was more concerned about riding my bicycle and collecting Pokemon cards. But after we lost our house, uh, she obviously lost her job. She couldn't work anymore. The majority of her backup savings was decimated during the dot-com burst. We ended up moving in with our grandparents. So we went from an average middle-class family to losing pretty much everything, all because of one accident. And the only source of income, as I mentioned, was Social Security. So as I got older, I started studying finance. When I went to college, I really dug my teeth into it. I said, how is this possible? How could somebody lose pretty much everything from one life event, right? And so through college, I started interning with some of their larger financial institutions. And eventually I said, you know what? I can help people try to avoid the situation that I went through myself and my family. And that's when I created my own agency and started helping people across the country. Wow, that is a really powerful story, Roy. And not everybody gets into this industry because of something like that. You know, I don't have a personal story myself like that, but I learned from when I first got started, it was just something to get an education on how to communicate with people, how to build relationships. And I knew that this industry would be a good way to learn it because that's really ultimately what this is all about, right? And your story really gives you that perspective of understanding it from a personal experience. And I assume that's ultimately why you chose to be in the prote- protection industry, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because if you look at the majority of advisors, the average age is in the mid-60s now. And a lot of the advisors that come into the business today are either inheriting a, a book of business from their family, their father, their mother, who has been in the industry for quite some time. My background is quite different where None of my family had any experience in the financial industry. My mother was a paralegal secretary, and then my father ran a logging operation. So he and I used to cut down white oak trees to make staves out of them for wine and whiskey barrels. And 
that's what I did growing up. And then during college, I was a tow truck driver to help pay for college. So it, it was a lot different than being enculturated in this financial industry. But as I started studying and learning about the industry and how there are opportunities out there where you can actually safeguard your retirement, create guarantees, and help put plans into place to protect your assets in the event that life throws you a curveball, it really got me excited. And I was just blown away why more people don't know about this, right? And a lot of that boils down to the regulations on marketing. So some of these safe strategies, they're very regulated. And so they're not able to advertise on television like a lot of the other mainstream sources are. Yeah, pretty amazing. And, you know, you, like you said, you came up from not having a background in this. Your family doesn't have a business that's established in it. You, you had to get your education and learn along the way while learning to create a business for yourself and also help other people protect their not only retirement, but, you know, life insurance and disability insurance, all the different things that are very important to having a diversified portfolio of protection for yourself. And along that way, I, I would be you know remiss not to ask you this, but I would assume that you've failed at something. So it doesn't have to be limited to insurance or business, but what's something that you failed at in life? Oh, well, there's quite a few <laughs> failures in life, but you know I see those as learning curves and challenges, right? Because the only way to grow and get better, you have to fail. Nothing's ever going to work out perfectly, right? So some of the biggest failures that I feel that I've done in my life is not properly educating people enough about their retirement plans. Because when I teach these classes or have the radio show going, a lot of times people are so new to them that they're a little bit confused about what's going on. And so if I'm not able to help somebody that needs the help because they can't understand it, I see that as a failure on my part. I should make things more simple and better understanding because if folks really understood the other options out there, there's no reason why they wouldn't help reallocate to that. And, you know, along the way, too, in the world of investing, I've made some silly investments and lost some money, and I've learned a lot from that. But that's the main thing. When I look at the failures in my life, I've related back to the business, where why wasn't I able to help that person? Or why did that person not understand what I was saying? I need to resimplify that and redo my process for them. That's great. And it's been a theme on my show that we talk about failure in every single episode because it's a very important theme to me because I believe, like you just said, without failure, you don't have the ability to learn because ultimately failure is not really failure. You either win or you learn, right? No, absolutely. That's the way I see it too because you look at anybody that has done anything great. There is failure along the way. Nothing's going to work out perfectly. I mean, the, the, more, the bigger that you try to become and the more you try to do to help people, the more ridicule and the more setbacks that you're going to have. But if you look at the bigger picture of it, that's how you learn. That's how you gain actual wisdom and experience in any type of industry that you're in. Yeah. So following that line of thought, what is your greatest success in life? Oh, I believe my greatest success is uh, meeting my wife and having our first daughter. So. <laughs> Got to, got to put that in there, right? Right. Yeah. And that to me, it, it, it was a miracle in how we actually got together. We knew each other as friends and I'm very good at follow-up and I happened to follow up with her for quite some time. And then she said, all right, let's, let's go hang out. And then fast forwarding to today, we're married, live in Texas, have a daughter and plan on having two more kids. So that was accomplished. That is one of my greatest successes. The other one, since my mother is permanently disabled, uh, I help take care of her. So she actually works full-time for the company, the family-owned company. She helps me organize some papers and do some phone calls, so nothing too strenuous on her. 
But since she lost everything when I was a kid, I wanted to give her back what she lost. So I was able to buy her her own house and then buy my wife and I our own house all through this business of actually helping people. So it's a very rewarding feeling that I'm able to provide for my family, take care of my mom, and be able to help people along the way. Yeah, and good business at the end of the day is, like we talked about, it's building relationships, but ultimately it has to be a win-win for everybody, which is really what it all comes down to. You can't have a strong relationship if one side's winning and the other one's losing, right? No, absolutely. Exactly. It's kind of like the old Zig Ziglar quote, right? The more the people that you can help get what they want, the more that you'll get what you need, right? So that's kind of a summarization of his quote, but... It's very true because in, in our business particularly, and a lot of other businesses too, very selfless. You go out there, you spend lots of time, you help educate people. I mean, we're not salesmen here. We are educators. And so through that education, and you're able to help somebody. It's a wonderful feeling knowing that the plans that you help put in place for them, right, to help them get educated on, they'll never lose any money whatsoever. And if anything does happen to them in a life event, they're at least protected at some level. And that's a phenomenal feeling knowing that if they pass away, they get disabled, there's a correction in the market, whatever it may be, since you took the time to sit down with them and educate them on that process, they will be protected. And I love that. I sleep great at night. Yeah, you know, you never see anybody in our business, uh, like in, you know, 2007 and eight, jumping out of skyscrapers because they not only <clears throat> lost all their clients' money, but they lost their money too, right? Yeah, it's very rare that you see somebody who is a professional in the insurance industry jumping out the window. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I'm glad that we brought this up because I'm going to switch back to our original topic. And I want to know why you think that it's important for somebody to have retirement insurance as part of their overall financial plan. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to looking at a balanced portfolio or being diversified, a lot of times people have the perception that, well, I am diversified. I have different types of mutual funds. I have different types of stocks and I have different types of bonds. And that's fine. And that is true. You are diversified. However, all of those uh, places where those assets are at are still exposed to some level of risk. So we insure everything in our lives. We insure our cars, we insure our life, we insure our homes. Why don't we insure our retirement, right? It, it baffles me. A lot of times I ask people, if your house is fully paid off, would you still have homeowner's insurance on it? They go, well, yeah. I go, but why? You don't have to have homeowner's insurance if you don't have a loan. Why would you buy insurance on the house? What is the likelihood of your house burning down? Well, it's probably pretty slim, right? They go, yeah. So what is the likelihood that the market may recorrect or that you may fall to an illness or get in an accident? Do you feel that that's greater than your house burning down? Well, yeah, absolutely. You can always get another house, but if you lose the majority of your assets or have a life event, right? You can lose everything. And it could take years, decades to actually come back up. Why would you want to spend your golden years waiting for something to come back up or try to recoup and rebuild it? How many people do you know that actually went back to work during 2008 and 10 that were intending on retiring? A lot of people did because they could not retire correctly. Yeah, that is 100% true. I know uh, that I've had people in my life, like my in-laws, that were heavily affected from the financial crash, and they had to switch industries and do all kinds of different things that they never planned on doing. And, you know, that's just one of many stories. I met a man last night at the end of one of the seminars that I taught who told me a little bit about his story, where he lost an entire business that he had built over 28 years because of the financial crash. 
in 2007 and eight. And that's not even counting like his retirement or any of that part. That's just the business that he built. So having that protection is always critically important. Now, I do want to Absolutely. switch topics just a little bit, Roy. Uh, I want to ask you a personal question because you're, you're in your 30s. You're, you've built a successful business. You continue to help people on a daily basis, you know, from your family to all of your clients. But on a personal level, what are you curious about as you get older and you, you see the changes that are happening in our nation? Ooh, wow. That's a, how much time do we have, buddy? <laughs> um, well, one of the things that I am very excited about, right? There's lots of things to be concerned about. But no matter what, if you look at any point in time in history, there's always conflict. There's always roller coasters in the market. There's always political and global changes happening. So you just have to adapt and roll with the punches, right? A lot of things are out of our control. The only thing that we can mainly control is our perception of these events and how we're going to handle them. So one of the things that I work with a lot of the clients on, you know, and being very young in this industry is very advantageous for the people that I work with because their current advisor is most likely in their 60s or 70s and going to be retiring or passing away within the next, say, 15, 20 years. But if these retirees have up to 30 years in retirement, who's going to be there for them? So that's one of the, the things I talk about because being young, just like you in this business, uh, we have that perception by people saying inexperienced. But the advantage is, if, you, if I look at back at what I've done, at 32 years old, I've spent one-third of my life in this business already. I've spent the last 10 years full speed in this business learning about the industry. And, you know, when you come into the industry with a different perspective, you're not trapped in an archaic paradigm of how investments actually work. So a lot of times I ask people, would you have the same iPhone that you did 10 years ago? Well, no. Why not? It still works. Yeah, but it's not the new, fastest, coolest, flashy thing out there. And it doesn't do as much for me. I said, exactly. Technology changes. So does financial planning and insurance. Definitely not as fast as technology, but it does actually have changes there. So one of the things that I'm very excited about is being able to build lifelong relationships with the people I work with. Just like you, we can't help everybody. We're not a good fit for everybody, but those that we are a good fit for, it's a great feeling knowing when I sit across the table from them saying, look, statistically, I should outlive you, <laughs> right? I don't know if that's going to happen, but statistically, I should. So I will be able to help you. You have a partner through the rest of your retirement to help you process any type of long-term care. If a spouse passes away, well, let's assume that you both live a long, happy, healthy life. And then I can help your assets transfer to your heirs. So that's one of the things I'm very excited about. One of the things I'm really concerned about is people seem to be living in this oblivion of the market going to keep going the way it is, right? When the crashes happened in 2007, 2008, people were very jaded by the market and really wanted to safeguard their money. Now that it's been over 10 years, the confidence level is back up. They think it's going to keep going. They can handle a couple losses here and there, but overall it's going to keep working out for them. And that's the biggest concern I have, because if we look at history, every following correction is greater than the last. Oh, wait, was greater than 2001. And the problems that we have that are underlying right now is the fact that the banking systems don't have any liquidity and that we have to keep printing money. By printing this type of money through Keynesian economics that we're in, we're creating massive bubbles. So the next time it bursts, people could lose twice as much as they did before, right? And so that's going to take two to three times as long to come back up. So my biggest concern is the fact that people don't really understand how economics work and what's actually going on in the world. Because if you watch a lot of the mainstream media, 
they're not going to tell people all the details. They don't want to create a bank run. They don't want to create fear and people saw all their money from the market. They want to keep this, you know, this happiness going. But in all reality, there's some scary things that are happening, right? And that's where you and I come in and spend our lives researching this underlying factors. And then we have to help educate people. So that's some of the biggest concerns I have is that majority of Americans are going to be really caught off guard the next time this thing recorrects. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because it, it really comes back to the baby boomers, right? Over the next 15 years, we have the largest generation of people in the history of our country all retiring at the same time. So that's 70 million people all retiring over the next 15 years, and they all can't afford to lose a single dollar of their retirement. If they lose a single dollar, you and I both know it can put them in a situation where their money is not going to last their lifetime. And one of the other things that I've noticed that has been heavily neglected and because of your situation with your mother, you can really speak really well on this. But can you talk about how long term care is going to really affect people during the retirement? Absolutely. So in a long term care situation, I have personally lived through it with three grandparents. My mother's mother had to have somebody live with her. Right. And so when that money wasn't there, my mom had to move her up and live with my grandmother to take care of her for four years had to take care of her full time my grandfather had alzheimer's and dementia for five years five years the family all had to come together to help take care of him there was no long-term care they spent a lot of their retirement savings they got taxed when they spent that savings and now they have a lot less distribution available to them my grandmother on my father's side who passed at 96 had somebody living with her for three years, full-time, 24-7, to help take care of her. Now, I wasn't old enough at that point in time to assist them in long-term care planning, but if they would have had that, it would have made life a lot easier on the family. So what people don't understand when they're 50 or 60 or even 70, they feel, well, hey, I'm healthy now, nothing's going to happen to me. They don't actually look at the reality that when something does happen, it's a massive burden emotionally and financially on the family. And 70% of folks, so about one in three people, are going to need some level of long-term care in their lifetime. I mean, these are just the numbers. So I tell people, look, take the emotion out. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't have emotion. Look at the facts, okay? If you are lucky and you're not a part of that 70%, you're part of that 30%, that's wonderful. Great, you don't have to go through a long-term care situation. But if you are a part of the vast majority, how are you going to pay for it? Today, long-term care costs average throughout the nation between five dollars and $6,000 a month, depending on the state you live in. Where is that money going to come from? Well, people say, I have Medicare. Well, Medicare does not cover long-term care. Medicare gives you a 20-day guarantee period. It can be extended up to 100 days. After that, it's up to you, right? And if you have any type of retirement assets or you own any type of assets, such as a home, you most likely won't qualify for Medicaid and who would ever want to be in a state-run facility for long-term care? So what happens is people are forced to spend down their money. They get taxed on it. And if they have to spend down their money in a depleting market, they even run out of money faster that way. Or they have to do a reverse mortgage. So why would you work your entire life building up a legacy just to statistically spend it all away in a matter of five years, if the average long-term care stay for somebody who's halfway healthy, five years and spend all that money away back to the healthcare system. So you work your whole life, you go to try to enjoy it, and then you have to spend it all back into the system, and you're not able to pass on a legacy or anything to your heirs. But there are ways to mitigate those risks. 
but people aren't aware of those. And that's one of the things I'm incredibly passionate about because I, after I get done showing them, look, you can actually, it may not cover everything, but having something in place is definitely better than nothing, right? Because when that time does come, it's too late. If you're 80 years old and need long-term care and, and then you want to put some protection plans in place, nobody's going to offer them to you or they won't be worth it. But if you plan ahead, if you have the foresight, you can be prepared so that way when that does happen, you're taken care of and you don't have to rely on your kids or your other family members or sell off everything you've worked your whole life for just to pay for medical bills. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is a very important topic that is oftentimes neglected across the financial industry. I mean, a lot of people neglect even talking about it in the first place. I did want to ask you, why do you think it is that people can hear all the facts, hear the statistics, they can look at it, they can understand it, but they won't take the next steps in moving forward to protect themselves and their families? What do you think is the disconnect there? It's our culture. People will spend more time on a grocery list than they will on their retirement plan. Who wants to sit down and think about, well, if I, who's going to change my diaper? If I can't get out of bed, who's going to come over here and feed me? It's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to talk about that, right? So people put it off. The root of our brain, our instinctual situation is to avoid crisis and to avoid discomfort. So people place it out of their mind consciously and subconsciously. And the majority of advisors out there, they don't want to sit down with their clients and say, hey, look, we're making all this money managing your money in the stock market. We're going to take a portion of it and guarantee it. And we're not going to make our fee on it every single year, but you'll have long-term care in case something happens. Most of them don't say that. They tell their clients that keep your money in the market, you can pull off your interest, and this will help pay for long-term care. But there's no leverage there. So there are ways to actually create leverage in that plan. But to go back to your question, most people, they don't think about it, they don't want to think about it, and they feel that it's not going to happen to them. It's not actually real until they have a parent that goes through it, or they know a friend that has a parent that goes through it, then it becomes a big reality. But at the same time, it's a totally new topic to them because it's one of the least spoken about topics, that and Social Security, which are the two most crucial factors in retirement planning. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up retirement planning in the financial advisor industry. And the reason I'm glad that you brought it up is because obviously technology is playing a huge part in our lives and it's continuing to grow every single year. Everybody knows it. We constantly have a cell phone in our face or a video. I mean, even at, my, at the gas station I stopped at this morning, you know, they got the camera right there in the pump. So technology right. is not going to stop. They're, they're even got artificial intelligence and robo advisors and different things coming out every single day. And it's information overload. The average person, how are they supposed to know who to trust, what information's right, and who to go to in the first place? Absolutely. That's a great question. And that's one of the things that creates hesitancy, because if you go online, you Google, which long-term care is great for me? Or when should I file for my social security? You are going to get a plethora of information, and the majority of it is not relevant. The internet is great in a lot of ways, but it's also detrimental to people who are actually looking to research about protection plans. So one of the best ways that people can actually become educated about this is to try to find an advisor who is not biased, okay? You can't be a pro at everything. If somebody says, hey, look, I'm gonna do brain surgery on you, and then I can also fix your car, and I'm a carpenter as well, you probably don't want them doing brain surgery on you. You want somebody who only does brain surgery, who is specialized in that. 
And that's where you and I come in in this industry where we actually specialize in the protection of assets, the distribution of retirement. How do we protect against long-term care? We're not going to people saying, hey, look, let me manage your money in the stock bond market and let me give you a protection plan. To know all of those in depth and to be confident in that and to give adequate advice is almost impossible. You can't know that much. There's just way too much information out there. So they should find somebody who specializes only in asset protection, okay? Because if the advisors they're working with now, and the majority of people that come to me have well-established advisors at big name brokerage house. And I asked them, didn't he go over the long-term care? Didn't he offer you something? Didn't he explain you how Social Security works? No, he just does the stocks and bonds. So you should have more than one advisor in your life. You need a safe money person who, who specializes in asset protection. You need a risk money person who manages your stocks and bonds. You need a good CPA and you need a good lawyer. Those four are key factors in any type of overall financial plan and longevity plan to make it through your retirement account. This is why you don't see lawyers that are also CPAs that are also financial advisors. Everybody has a specialty. I say this a lot in my classes. I say, if you go to your primary care physician and you need knee surgery, he's not going to do knee surgery on you. He's going to refer you to what? A specialist. So people need to find a specialist. Secondly, they need to find somebody that actually works with more than one company. Far too often, the majority of advisors out there, they're on a payroll by one or two main companies. How can you possibly act in the best interest of a client? And how could you offer them the most competitive plans that are good on their situation if you can only sell them one plan, right? I use this example. I say, if you go to State Farm and you want to get auto insurance and homeowners insurance, do you think they're going to show you Farmers, Progressive, and GEICO? No. GEICO may be better for you, but they're not going to show you that. The plans that they are offering are the best plans out there because that's all they can offer. So they need to find somebody who specializes. They need to find somebody who works with more than one company, preferably a general agent who can access over 50 like you and I. And then third, and one of the most important, they have to like the person. Because what people don't understand is that when you have asset protection in place, this is a lifelong commitment, a lifelong relationship. So if you don't like that person, you don't vibe with them very well, it's going to be uncomfortable for you. And finding somebody to come in and help manage that asset protection that didn't help you originally set it up is nearly impossible, right? So they have to find somebody who specializes, somebody who works with more than one company, and then ultimately somebody that they like. I like that you brought up lawyers because the one thing you didn't mention about lawyers that everybody knows is they're specialized too. You don't just go to a general practitioner lawyer. If you get an auto accident, you don't want the you know defense attorney for criminal justice to try and help you with your auto. He might know a little bit about it, but he's not specialized in how to soothe whoever that needs to be sued to get the money that you're owed because you got hurt in an auto accident, right? No, absolutely. And I tell people that all the time. They ask me continuously, Roy, you've helped me with my asset protection and safe money strategies. And I know, Sean, that you've mentioned this too, that people say, hey, can you help take a look at my stock portfolio? Can you help me manage these bonds? Where should I reinvest this mutual fund? And I tell people, I can't help you on that. I cannot advise you on that. I do not hold the license to lose your money. I don't hold that license. And I never wanted it. Because the fact that if I recommend something to somebody or you do, uh, and it goes down, they lose their half of their retirement because we advise them on something, I'm going to feel horrible. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. I would be so stressed out every day looking at the market 
trying to figure out, did I make the right decision for them? I always want to be the good guy where if it goes down, they don't lose anything. If it goes up, they get the gain. If a life event happens and they need money from an insurance policy, they got that tax-free cash to help them. We sell very simple strategies that help us provide guarantees. And when people say, well, aren't you in the financial planning business? Don't you do the whole spectrum? I go, no, I don't. I only do the insurance, asset protection, and lifetime income strategies to help people because I can't know everything. And neither can your other advisor. It even goes back to looking at what I am licensed for, or you are licensed for. You know, I have a life and health insurance license. And I had a, a couple that I sat down with the other day that they're getting ready to file for their Medicare. They needed help with health insurance. And I, I looked at them and I laughed and said, you know, it's funny is I, I have my health license, but I don't want anything to do with health insurance. That's a whole nother animal. I know the basics of it, but I don't even want to get close to specializing in it just because that's not for me. And it's a highly specialized field to actually be an expert. So I have a person that I refer people to and they work with them and they know everything there is to know about Medicare and health insurance. And that specialized portion of what they do is very important. Now, if they need disability insurance or long-term care, I have the license for that and I'm specialized in it, just like we talked about. We know everything there is to know about long-term care, disability, asset protection, because that's what we do. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because that specialized part is very important for people to understand. And a lot of yeah, folks will say, you know, can, can you help me with my Medicare? Both you and I teach classes about social security and income planning to universities all around our areas. And so a lot of times people come in and they say, can you help me with my Medicare? It's the same thing as Social Security. I think, well, it's not really the same thing as Social Security. You can see it as being in the same bucket or same classification, but I can't help you with Medicare. But I do have a partner that specializes in nothing but Medicare. That's all he does. He is a Medicare nerd, and he helps my own mother, all the clients I work with. But aren't you insurance licensed? Just like you mentioned with the other client, you said you have a life and a health and all these other certifications for planning. I go, I do. But I don't spend the time to stay on top of the plans. I don't know them in depth enough. I know them high level. I could sell you something, but I don't want to help you with a plan that I'm not 100% confident on and that I know is the best. You have to go to somebody else who actually has that confidence and says, this is the best plan. I can do that for you in the asset protection, but I can't do that on the health insurance side. And, you know, people really appreciate that transparency and they want to work with somebody who just only knows that sector. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the word transparency too, because the way I talk and the way that you talk and the way that we behave on a daily basis, I know from our relationship and from what I know about your business that you're very transparent. And why is that important when it comes to our industry? Well, I, I believe it's important because there's a lot of misconception about the financial industry, right? Everybody thinks that if you're insurance, you're just an insurance salesperson. That's it, right? You're just, gonna, you're just there to sell somebody an insurance policy and then move about your life. If you're a financial advisor managing stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, you're just there to sell them the hottest new stock or hottest new mutual fund and charge them a fee to manage the money. So by shaping that perception a little bit and becoming specialized and being an educator, to me, that is the most important, to actually educate people and not be a salesperson. So when I talk about transparency, I say, look, here is how people get paid in the financial industry. You can either charge a fee to manage the money, you can charge a fee for a consultation, or you can get paid a commission from one of the many companies you represent. You can also get a combination of all three. The way that you and I run our practice is very non-biased and very transparent. 
we don't care which plan people go with. It's based on what is best for them. We all get paid about the same, and we all are able to work with over 50 different companies. I'm not going to charge somebody a fee to talk with me. I'm not going to charge them a fee to manage their assets. If I'm able to help educate them, both you and I are just the people with the license that shuffles the paperwork. That is all it is. So when I break down how I get paid, how the industry works, the pros and the cons, everything's out there on the table. There's nothing to hide. And unfortunately, a lot of the advisors don't disclose these types of things, right? So it leaves mystery. People are thinking about, by being upfront about it and showing them how it actually works, it builds trust and it builds confidence in your ability to help them. Well, Roy, I appreciate all of your time today. And we are running a little bit short on time. So I do want to wrap things up a little bit here. But before we do, is there anything that I should have asked you about and didn't? We covered quite a few topics. I would say kind of the recap of what we spoke about. The number one thing that people have to really consider is in a retirement plan, you have to have protection of the assets and you have to know when and how to file your social security. A lot of times this is overlooked and that's where people like you and I come in that can give them the guidance and the coaching on that by providing the education and the pros and the cons. And the last thing I'll say is I use this analogy a lot because most people that are going into retirement, they have high interest rate credit cards and they don't want to pay them off. They have other debts. And I always encourage people, you need to have an emergency fund set aside that covers all living expenses, including discretionary expenses, and you should have it for a minimum of six months. I recommend up to a year of cash sitting there. Most people don't have that. They have their IRA, their 401k, and they keep funding money into it for retirement, but then they have a high interest credit card being charged 20%. I said, you're never going to receive 20% in any normal market condition. That money is working against you. People going into retirement should eliminate revolving debt and they should have an emergency fund just in case something happens so they're not forced to rack up more debt or deplete their retirement savings. And when I sit down with people and we do this planning, it takes business away from you and I. We're not able to help them with as much, right? But at the same time, it's the best thing for them. And I've helped a lot of people say, look, we'd love to put this money over here and it'll do X for you, but it's not recommended. You need to have money sitting in the bank and doing this for you. Because if you don't protect it correctly, you can lose everything. Kind of goes back to that whole cow in the milk story. Right. Or if we go in together and we buy a dairy farm and we're going to make money by selling the milk and we put all of our money into this dairy farm, but we only have enough left over to buy insurance on the cows or the milk, which one are we going to buy insurance on? Well, the cows, because the cows make the milk. And in this financial world, we're just all the cattle, the tax cattle, right? So we're all this cattle. If we don't protect ourselves, we can run out of milk, we can run out of money, and it being a very hard situation. So protection emergency funds, eliminating high debt. That's the number one goal to have a proper retirement plan. It's not all about keeping it in high fee market-based plans like a lot of advisors try to do. Right. And one of the things that I've noticed is sometimes people assume when it comes down to meeting with us that we're going to do something along the lines of, hey, I want to take all your money and move it to here, or I want to take all of your money and move it to you know this spot instead. That's like you said, not the best way to protect your lifestyle. And so that's not something that we ask. You know, when we sit down, and I, I know you work the same way, when I sit down with somebody, it's about having a full view of their financial situation and recommending the best pathway for them because it's about the client and everything is 100% focused on building that lifelong relationship. Because, like you said earlier in the interview, if we 
tell them to do something that ultimately fails and they lose money, then was that in their best interest? And the answer right. is no, right? To wrap things up here, Roy, I really do appreciate your time. I think this was a really great interview and it's always a good time talking with you. So thank you very much for coming on. Uh, for people that want to learn more about you and get in touch with you and they want to learn about your business, where can they go to find you? Oh, very easy. My name, Roy Snar, that's R-O-Y and then S-N is Nancy, A-R-R.com. You can go there, just simply Google my name, find other resources online. So. Well, thank you for being on the Safe and Sound podcast today. As always, the name of the podcast and my company is Safe and Sound. And the reason that we do that is it's about building a safe and sound lifestyle. That's why we talked today about financial. And in the past episodes, we've talked about health and self-defense and everything that you can think of is what we're going to cover in the future because it's about having a holistic viewpoint on your life and providing you access to people that can help you to be inspired and to just really know that you're having a safe and sound life and that you're living the best life that you can possibly live. So thanks again, Roy, for being on today and have a great day. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Safe and Sound Radio with Sean Sparkman. Sean Sparkman. If you have questions or would like to suggest a topic for future shows, contact Sean at 313-246-9278 or visit the website at www.safeandsoundretirement.net. That's www.safeandsoundretirement.net. I must leave.